everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Retail Adventures Podcast with Kaiser Bender and Baum. I'm Jason Baum, and with me, as always, are the retail experts themselves, Rich Kaiser and George Ann Bender. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Hey. Good to see you, this Jason. Our, nice this to is see our you. Inter- this is our international version. Yeah. So we like to us, do this once a month, once a month we now. Do. We I try guess, and do right? it once a month. We have the esteemed Ian Scott. Hi guys. And, and Captain Jeremy C with us today. Oh, well, hello. Um, and well, hello. Ian, is, Ian is from the UK, and Jeremy is in Singapore, where it uh, is sleepless. Like sleepless in Singapore. It's in Singapore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we all clicked when we were doing a, a presentation for retail transformation. And boy, we have some good conversations, guys. So let's get going. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, our pre our pre conversation I think could have been the entire episode. So now we'll just have to duplicate <laughs> it. <laughs> so, uh, so, well, first, thanks for joining us, guys, again for another episode. I think we we always have good episodes with you guys. So excited to kick this one off. So, um, and when we start looking at the news, um, you know, as a typical American, I'm going to focus on an American topic, but I think it's probably going to apply globally too. Um, you know, the Commerce Department just put out numbers that retail sales rose um, just only 0.3% in October from a month earlier, um, which was down a 1.6 increase in September. So a very small rise and the smallest since May. Um, And obviously that's probably due in part to the rise or definitely due to coronavirus and to shutdowns and, and just, I think some people holding on to cash and also in America, we have 11 million unemployed people. Um, so analysts are warning November might not be much better and there's weaker consumer spending that could be seen for the next two quarters. I'm going to throw that out to the group and let's talk about that. 11 million unemployed people whose, whose unemployment is about to run out. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh-huh. that's and no a, stimulus, unlike no most stimulus countries. Package. Good I think you you were in limbo because of the elections month. as well, haven't you? you, you yeah. You've got a loser oh. who's still got his fingernails prized <laughs> onto the doorframe. You <laughs> can't get him out. So the you, you have a very long transition. I mean, in the UK, when there's an election, you know, the following day, the old guys are out, the new ones are in. It runs on for months with you guys. And then you've got someone who's made it very clear he actually doesn't want to leave. So I think a lot of decisions that need to be made quickly are, are going to be stalled, aren't they? Yeah, the lame duck phase is something that is truly unique to us and and so silly. And I do not know why it it continues because it is, especially in a crisis like now we have coronavirus, you know, the biggest that's that's the global pandemic that we have to deal with. And the U.S. is the worst with it. And then you have all the unemployed with no um, stimulus uh, coming that might come with the new administration, but they would have to wait till January 20th. So we have 21st. a transition. We have a transition because there's supposed to be a transition. Mm. Right. Where the two, the the person leaving office and the person coming into office are supposed to work together, be involved in everything together as we move forward. But right now it's a different story. And and Ian, I just finished watching season four of The Crown <laughs> and I learned so much about Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> more than oh, I, bless her, yes. More than I learned from Billy Elliot. <laughs> yes. The musical. Yes, Ma- Margaret, Margaret was quite a unique character. 
the lady's not for turning I think was one of the most famous quotes applied to her yeah she was she was very sure of what she thought was right and god help anyone that got in her way basically <laughs> so so let me let me let me just check um you mentioned that uh, the ingoing and outgoing uh, presidents are going to be working together right but just for this time around it's just going to be working together in court is that right so far is, is the popular is that the popular saying <laughs> you know it's um the president trump has a ton of lawsuits there's still and most of them are getting thrown out they're still finding ballots though that have not been counted in a lot of states so um and and pre and what do you call him incoming president biden president elect is, uh, has been really pretty quiet so yeah. i don't know mm. Well, well I, I don't think he's been quiet. Day. I think he's announced he's announced his administration for the most part. He assigned key leaders to that. He assigned a coronavirus task force. He assigned. But he's not having like daily press conferences or anything to tell us what. He's not even getting the security briefings that he's entitled to at the moment. No, I well, because yeah, and I think that's why we're not hearing from him. There's very mm -hmm. little that he can do right now because he's not involved. He can just do mm -hmm. the stuff that he can do, and I think that disconnect is going to slow things down. But I think, um, I think, I think it could be a wise policy is to step back and watch Trump, you know, disintegrate in front mm -hmm. of everyone. He, he doesn't need to facilitate that. Mm -hmm. I think Trump will do that all on his own. So um, that may be the best cause is to not get embroiled in that because he is going to lash out, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Well, I yeah. am hoping that with um, Kamala Harris as our as our vice president, there will not be a new run on pantsuits. <laughs> <laughs> because she rocks them and I don't want to. <laughs> I, I'm foreseeing store windows. I'm foreseeing store windows in the spring. But there is there is a fashion trend that follows, you know, high-ranking politicians. There I, is. I know Princess Diana back in the day, you know, whenever she wore oh, yeah. anything, you know, that, that thing just sold out, you know, sure. when it wasn't au couture. So, well, so yeah, she, she will be setting a trend that, that certain people will follow. Her, um, her deal, I, don't, I can't think of the word, her deal is she dresses the way she dresses so that people can't pick her apart which is really kind of smart mm. you know if they if you can't say anything about a black pantsuit with a white shell underneath it you know mm. you're good if you do fashion choices people can just rip those apart so good, uh, I don't know, it's, it's interesting here and and we're just all waiting with bated breath to you know it's like everything everything all around the world is on hold mm. No, it's not, on, not. It's on double hold here. Apart, apart from Jeremy's world, really. I mean, you, 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 Asia just seems to be moving beyond yeah. in the way yeah. that we can't. So, they're, so, they're so before, before we get political, <laughs> right? I just pull out some uh, numbers, retail. right? So I just checked. Yeah, on retail, right? So Singapore in October, I believe you on year is negative ten percent, ten point four percent, and I just did a quick check for China for October. Bearing in mind that's the uh, Golden Week National Day. It's a double celebration because there's uh, mid-autumn and uh, National Day on 1st October. Uh, so there's like double celebrations, but that entire seven days or so, it's holiday. Uh, and they did a 4.3% year on year in October 2020. So that's that's just bizarre, right? So in Singapore, you have negative 10% and in China, you have positive 4.3% year on year mm. retail sales. So we'll figure that one out. The virus is mm -hmm. controlled though, for the most part, right? In, in Asia, we don't see it doing okay, the same so, spike that it's doing okay. in the western yes yes and no if you compare entirely uh you know in terms of region wise yes i think um 
Asia is faring slightly better, except India, I think. Uh, India is still in pretty bad shape. But uh, I always tell people, um, China is business as usual. They don't even need to wear masks. So they have everything. Domestic travel is, is there, you know. Wow. And, and uh, I was told by my colleague in, in, uh, in China that they are running promotions. You know, it's something like uh, you pay X amount uh, uh, for that month, air ticket, and you can fly anywhere for the entire month. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's like tra- you pay it's once for the month. It's like the pass this. I have to get my car washed. Yeah, it's crazy. Tra- travel it's crazy. is killing this, though. I mean, look, you, New Zealand sorted it. There was zero cases. And then they opened up international travel and it came back again. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem is, you know, the UK, we are, well, England is down in full lockdown. And Wales and uh, Scotland, who are other parts of, of Great Britain, all have their, they have their own local governments that are setting different approaches. But in, the, in England, we've been in lockdown for nearly three weeks. We Meaning are scheduled- you can't. You can what? Leave your house to go to the grocery store, and that's it. it? Has, you can go for essential shopping, uh, okay. and there's a lot huge arguments about what is deemed essential shopping. Because I, rem- I think I remember joking one of my uh, the earlier podcasts. Our first lockdown that started in March. I just moved house, and I was trying to buy things for my house, like curtains, <clears throat> and I couldn't buy them in the like the Home Depot type stores. But you could buy a boiler, you know, if, if water or electricity was failing, you could go to those stores and fix it, but you couldn't buy home decoration stuff. This time you can. So there's a lot of inconsistency and there's a lot of argument that some of these multi-category stores are allowed to sell non-essential. The independents that are specialists in that area are not allowed to sell. Yeah. So the, the, you know, the locals are feeling like they're missing out to the nationals because because mm. of this, because they're mm. still selling greetings cards and flowers and rugs and things, but a rug store can't. Are you guys familiar with the blue laws? Do you know what those are? No, not me. George no. and Rich, you know those, right? Yeah, where well, you can't you can't sell alcohol on Sundays and yeah, it's oh, it's right. a, it's okay. a very very um, old school law that basically was meant to keep people home on Sundays. So. Bergen County, New Jersey, where I live, is one of the few and only counties in the United States that still has the blue laws. And it's so I have better perspective on what it means, which, you know, you can't buy like you were just describing. You can go to a Home Depot, for example, or a Lowe's or, you know, a hardware store and you can buy certain essential things. But then they literally rope off areas of the store that you're not allowed to enter. Yep. All the things that you were saying, like curtains or something like that, furniture, you know, you can't buy those on Sunday. Um, so when they announced these lockdowns, related or is that is that? No, we've always had t- those all the time, all, all the time in Bergen County, and it always comes up for election and always continues to get voted because we have very old school. Um, By the way. It's, Bergen County is my hometown, my home state. <laughs> right, it's, go ahead. This, this, the, to understand the area, we are very old school Italian and old school Irish, um, very Catholic, um, and that's that's just the 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 mentality of of mm-hmm. the town. So keeping it very you know traditional. Plus, we are one of the highest traffic areas in the United States. We have the most people mm-hmm. per capita. We are just consistently overwhelmed with people. And on a Saturday in Bergen County, good luck. You're just going to sit in your car for hours <laughs> trying to get anywhere. So people like Sundays because you can just go anywhere you want. Unfortunately, everywhere's closed. So I don't really know. Uh, mm-hmm. It really just forces you to be home. So when these lockdowns happen, and they went to all blue laws and for every day. 
And so that was, we understood that, but I think the rest of the United States, it was really kind of a, a shock. Um, well, for some of, some of our clients, independent retailers that are, are in and around our office, um, our mandate here at the beginning was you cannot be open unless you're an essential retailer, which meant you have to sell food. So we saw some independent retailers getting smart and start selling Mm. biscuits and crackers and cookies and tea so that they they Mm. could be called essential retailers. And and right now in Illinois, where Rich and I live, um, they are teetering right now on having us go into full lockdown again. We've Mm. had right now retailers can only be at starting Friday, 25% capacity which is tough going into the holidays, but large grocers can have 50%. Um, and Dr. Fauci here, who's our, you know, our, our, our COVID leader, he said that life could return to some degree of normality by fall 2021, if, if 75% of US citizens get vaccinated. So th- we're in this for the long haul, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people, people are catching it for a second time now. You know, yeah. so so and, and I think the antibodies are not developing and existing in your body enough to help fight it. So, so this is another ongoing problem for the vaccines. You know, I've heard of three vaccines that are potentially coming to market now. None of them 100 percent and nothing guarantees that you won't get it again. And the other problem with all this public interest is these vaccines are being rushed to market. Right. You know, my wife's a pharmacist. And when I first met her, we sat in on some of the meters i actually got to sit in one of the meetings where she was assessing drug trials to determine whether they come to market these things take years okay you know, you, we, we could be taking this 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 um this you know latest vaccine and then your leg falls off in six months time but they haven't right. tested long enough to know so this is the concern there's this huge demand to force this through okay this thing could kill people but- you need, you, get to it wrong, us, you, know? you need to tell us if she wants to take it or not. You guys in, in the States, did you know that it, Dolly Parton funded one of them? Yeah, she funded the Moderna mm-hmm. one. Uh, she gave one, what is it, one, one million one or million. something towards the yeah. uh, Moderna vaccine. And th- they're 95%, which is, pr- I'll take that. But you know what? Yeah, I have a family member. What? Of what? 95% what? This well, that's is, the thing that the, the sample size is very small. You know, this um, has been with us for you... what, nine months? And it normally takes years to test yeah. them. So how well, can you test the longevity? If you I have a family member. Market. I have a family member at. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but a very large company that is basically behind all of these vaccines that are coming out. So they they they're doing a lot of the research behind the major vaccines that are coming out. She told me this week, "I'm not getting vaccinated. This is the mm-hmm. fastest we've ever done anything. It's mm-hmm. way too fast. It takes years and years to develop something safely." Uh, to the know that it's safe to your point Ian so to hear her say I'm not taking it that was a wake-up call to me I already said let's let's let the first round the the people that need it the most are the healthcare workers they they need to get it hold on guys yeah and then and then everyone else (laughs) you guys had a COVID test yet has anybody had a COVID test I haven't oh yeah absolutely the swap yeah the swap test oh I've done it because I've done it because of my military service twice in like a week. So I uncomfortable. One, I had one yesterday. Oh, they tickle your brain. It's like they're in your brain oh. cavity. Yeah. So, so this this is the funny story. So I had to do it twice, right? The first time yeah. I went in, first time ever, they, they swapped one side of the nostril. And I was like, 
oh, that actually cleared up. It felt like a new new nostril, you know. Right. Kind of yeah. <laughs> and the second time, the second time I had to do it, I was like, could you do the other one so I balance things <laughs> But but the other guy who did the test for me the second time, he said, no, no, no. I actually usually do both of the nostrils. So I was like, oh no way. So it was not fun. But <laughs> but I wanted I wanted to say this about the vaccine. Okay, let's let's back our horses. Uh, consider this. Assuming today, the five of us, four of us, for example, right? If we have a vaccine now, we know 100% is going to work, it's going to last. Nothing, will, you, your head will not fall off. You take it. So what? My question is, so what? Why? Why do I say that? Because travel restrictions are not going to be lifted until everyone's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assuming the vaccine works, right? Mm-hmm. So nobody's going anywhere until the entire population on Earth is vaccinated or between countries. So it's still going to take a number of years, even yeah. if you have a vaccine right now that works 100%. The better news that came out today and this week was um, the rapid test being available for home use. Um, I think that's actually the way out of this is being able to test instantly. Like if you want to have an event and you have a setup right outside where everyone literally has to take a test and show the Mm -hmm. result to get in, Mm -hmm. I feel much more comfortable with that Mm -hmm. than the vaccine. There's two things that came out, the nasal spray that you can do and that's like an instant just kind of like um uh it's preventative but you would have to do it daily so maybe you don't do it every day but you would do it when you want to go somewhere and then the rapid test and if we could get it to a certain level that, that like they're talking about like the pregnancy test basically where it's almost well, as said, a, where it's as effective as as something like that they said on the news this morning that they're is available or very soon will be available an in-home COVID test that gives you instant results. That's the one I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. The problem you got there is you only need one person not to take the test when they should. You know, this Mm -hmm. is the problem is you got the human nature bit. And I read a fascinating article recently about, um, you know, someone was analyzing when people go, yes, yes, it's very good that we have lockdown to save it. And then everyone goes out and does things. And it's a behavioral thing where we will have varying degrees of how we look at things. You know, all of us will post on LinkedIn, go, it's very bad. We need to deal with this. And how many of the people that post that will then get too close to someone or invite a friend around because they want to. You have this emotive engagement where, you know, there's there's a lot of uproar here about soccer because soccer is the end of the world for everyone in this flipping country. And um, no fans are allowed in. So they're talking about trying to allow fans in. You know, because everyone's going, we, we want to go. It's really important for our well-being, you know. And the problem is you're going, everyone knows you shouldn't, but it's football, so we should, you know. And, and yeah. so well, you have like these two levels. Yeah, it's just, yeah, Christmas is the, the thing here. But I want to see grandma. I want to see grandma, you know. And you're going, you're going to kill grandma. You know, mm-hmm. oh, but it's not fair. because And, you know, these really heart-wrenching <clears throat> stories, which you understand, but you're going, but she's going to die if you see her. You know, and this is the problem we have. We have the common sense, and then we have the emotive level. And that is yeah. human behavior. We are fickle and well, inconsistent and emotionally no. driven. I, I read a similar article in, like, um, what, one of the, I think it was The Guardian or something over here. And it, it, it was really fascinating because it was the differences in our cultures um, and the Western culture and Eastern because of responses um, to the virus. And I think a lot of people here look at lockdowns. Well, no, I mean, majority of people who look at it, um, lockdowns and being told they can't go see family on Thanksgiving, being told they can't have gatherings. That's very authoritarian. That's you can't tell me what to do is the reaction. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think, you know, and, and Jeremy, I would love to hear yeah. your thoughts on in this because this is mm-hmm. perception. But in Asia, they're more willing to accept that and fall in line 
Um, and that's why they're going to fare better than we will over here because it's just in our nature to, to, we're, we're like children. This is like my three-year-old. It's like, you're telling me what to do. I'm not going to do it. We're not doing it. We're not leaving. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's somewhat true generically. If you talk about Asia as a whole, right? I mean, let's take, for example, in Japan, uh, even pre-pandemic, as long as you have a cold, they wear a mask. Mm-hmm. It's just social civic consciousness, right? But I wanted to touch a little bit about um, what Ian said, right? Uh, I think humans, uh, we tend to be very forgetful because uh, on, of late, I've been going out more to meet friends and I just observe human behavior. People are as much as possible, as, as soon as they can, they'll follow certain rules and they'll pull their masks out to the neck. They start mm-hmm. smoking, drinking, and just walk around without a mask. You see seats that still have a cross, you know, you're not supposed to sit there for social distancing, but nobody cares anymore. And, and, and this is the part we talked about earlier, right, about traveling. So uh, two things, right, recently, um, uh, Singapore has just started uh, cruises to nowhere, uh, I believe sometime this month, right, because it's the year-end holidays, no more There's school. flights like and, that too, Singapore Airlines. No, but the thing is this, correct, but, oh, no, no, Singapore, there was no flights uh, to nowhere. It was just oh. dining in the plane. Yeah, but the thing about the cruise to nowhere is, remember not too long ago, people tested for COVID and they were stuck in cruises for like a month. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they were literally is, on the cruise to nowhere. In a room exactly. this big. And, yeah. and that was forgotten. That was forgotten. People are just willing to book the cruise to nowhere full. Of course, there were rules, right? Any situation where you stick a load of people in an enclosed space is a bad thing. A football stadium, a restaurant, a cinema, yes. a cruise. And you're just going, these are the worst places for this. So why are but you people- trying to do this? People are forgetful. They just need to, to do something different, right? So, so that's one thing. The other thing is Singapore just announced probably the first um, uh, uh, air bubble travel uh, arrangement with Hong Kong, which means to say, as long as you've been in the country, Singapore or Hong Kong, for at least 14 days, you are free to fly there, no lockdowns whatsoever. I think you still need to take tests before you go, something like that. But you, you reach there, there's no lockdown both ways, right? So uh, that's going to be, I think they're going to start next week or somewhere. Let me check. The dates are November 22nd and it's going to be one flight per day and that's going to be like uh, 200 per day, right? One way, two ways. And that caused the uh, air ticket to go up like 50, 40% more than normal. And I'm quite sure it's fully booked and uh, it's going to add on more air bubbles. Uh, so there's going to be more flights uh, with Hong Kong and Singapore. And then the, then the thing is, uh, of late, we hear uh, Hong Kong's numbers climbing back up. Although it's still a single digit, but it's climbing back up. But my point is, uh, uh, we are trying to get some form of normalcy, um, normalcy back. But uh, with this thing, it's just hard. It, you're just going to go through setbacks after setbacks, different cycles, and then coming back second wave. If wave. we all stayed no in end. our houses for two and three weeks, everyone in the world stayed in their house for two or three weeks, this virus would have nowhere to go. And I remember this being discussed back in March. Yeah. People going, well, yeah. we can't do that for the economy. Yeah, look what's happened in the last eight months. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. You know, why don't we do that? The challenge is, you know, people will have heart attacks and, and, and things like that. So you need to, you know, mitigate for emergencies. But, but again, the problem is that is a great idea, but you can guarantee 1% of the population won't do it. And they're the ones that will let it out of the bag. Right. And it, so this is the problem. And, and now we're not sure whether the vaccine works and you can get reinfected. You look at this going, when is this ever going to end? I, I, right now, I can't see where the end of this is coming from unless the vaccine just, you know, simplifies itself out of existence. And, and, and for Singapore, it's critical because a large part of our retail depends on tourism from China, mm. from the rest of the world we're just dying here without tourist money we are we are too there are cities here that are 
there's, well, I mean, I, we New York City has been, I mean, it's, it's so sad to see uh, New York City. I have friends who just moved to New Jersey from Brooklyn, like almost everyone uh, coming from the city to the suburbs. Uh, there's a mass exodus. The um, subways have been empty. Times Square uh, was getting back to normal. And now it's like, it's, it's empty. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really sad sight. Honestly, the most normal thing that I think has occurred in New York was when President uh, elect Biden uh, won the election and you saw so many people flood the streets. It was a little scary, honestly, because I think people for a moment forgot there was a, a pandemic. Um, but that was like the busiest I'd seen Times Square since March. Okay, so the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, mm. which is the highlight of my year because I've watched it every <laughs> single year from the time I was born. My mother would hold me, and I I watch it now usually with my kids and my grandkids. That's did you ever go to it? No, and we're gonna go this mm. year. We're very excited <laughs> really? about it. Oh, but sorry, <laughs> I know. Um, but here's the thing: they're doing it digitally. They have, I don't know if the balloons are going to go down the streets or how they're going to do it, but they don't have people handling They have them. robots. They have robots <laughs> that yeah. are handling it. And I, they're probably going to pipe in like the, you know, the bands from different, I don't know what they're going to do, but they're doing it. And I give them credit for that. I give them credit for canceling Santa Claus in the Herald Square store, who's, you know, I mean, that's a huge tradition too, but we're, we're seeing retailers try and do things that that make us feel like it's a holiday like there's a bunch of stores now that are having you can visit santa but when you're visiting santa he's behind plexiglass so it's like he's at the zoo <laughs> or to, do you know now animals. we're gonna see santa in his natural habitat a department store yeah. but you know what or they're doing it digitally or in my daughter's neighborhood or in town you can have santa come to your house outside okay. masked and socially distanced for 50 bucks an hour so at least what? you know he'll wow. pull up i don't know how he gets there but but you can at least see the kids can go out and see him. So it's, it's, it's sad. I mean, it's, mm. I get it a hundred percent. Our, our state, the County that I live in is the worst County in Illinois. We surpassed yours, rich, the worst County in Illinois for COVID. Um, and the, the governor has threatened that on Friday, he's going to put us all in lockdown again. So, you know what, if we have to do it, do it. It's, it kills me for all these little retailers. For our business, you know, we need trade shows. Um, it, it's just sad, but we have to figure out a way to suck it up and get through it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. See, and I think that this is a, the, the gist of the problem is this, that everything we've been talking about, every person on the street is hearing over and over again. And then we say, well, get excited and come down and come into our stores. And I, I think we're creating a freaked environment where people are freaked out about, geez, I'm, I, I could get sick again, or for the first time. And uh, man, from a psychological perspective, that's got to be a bowling ball wrapped around your neck. Oh. I mean, from my perspective as well. I mean, that's why retailers are fighting like crazy right now to figure out ways to get somebody to come in, please come in and see us. Uh, well, this is the dilemma we have in the UK because, you know, most of the stores are now shut and they're scheduled to open on the 2nd of December. So the physical stores have got three weeks 
to get people in and buy stuff. And then you have the, the double-edged sword there in that the, it'll be a condensed physical shop, which means the shops will be busier, which means people won't want to go in the shops because they're busy. You know, so you, although ironically, I think it'd be one of the safest places to go because they will not be busy and you can wander around and do Christmas shopping in December right. in a way you could only right. imagine in previous years. But, you know, we're still concerned because our government is making noises about it. We need to see what the figures are like. You know, we we were imposing, oh God, what's the way? When you fly, you've got to go into quarantine for two weeks for other countries. I think I think the the, the cutoff point was fifty cases per hundred thousand of the population. So whenever a country reached that level, we were imposing quarantine if you travelled to and from that country. We have that yeah. from state to state. Yeah. So oh. so that was fifty cases per hundred thousand of the population. I was just reading this morning reports in my local area, Leicester, which has already had two localized lockdowns, and we're now on our second national one. Is um, 700 people per 100,000 is what's been recorded here against 50, which is where we impose quarantine. So, so there, are, there are a lot of concern that we won't actually open again on 2nd of December. Now, what's interesting, our furlough scheme was, was scheduled to stop in October. They've extended it until March, which is wow. very interesting because you're now looking at going, why March? Uh, and, and I have a, a friend who has a relative who works in the Office of National Statistics. They've been asked to model scenarios where furlough lasts until March. So, you know, it's a bit of a conspiracy theory, but you look at this and you think the government is prepared to extend this if necessary. You know, there is outrage about Christmas, like you're getting about, um, you know, Thanksgiving. Um, and we think that there may be a window of relaxation for the week of Christmas. But part of me was just like, that's public outrage, but that's a dangerous week because everyone will be rushing around. The roads will be full and all these elderly people are going to get infected and are going to die because that's what people want. And the, the government is scared of a backlash at the polling booth if they don't do this. So they're going to let people kill other people over Christmas because that's what people want. And we could and, and it won't surprise me if we are still in lockdown in March, because as I said, I can't see a way out of this yet. Well, they said here, I don't know what's going to happen, but well, probably I mean, won't uh, have any, any kind of normalcy till yeah. fall of 2021. Governor and, Phil Scott uh, from Vermont. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter, um, Rich and, and Georgian, but he, he banned, he took a different approach than I think a lot of the other um, states are doing to the the shutdown and he's banning multi-household gatherings period mm -hmm. so if it's not your household you can't get together i don't know how we, we, we have that in the whole that. of england What's that's in the whole of that? england now do you have that What's that's vermont vermont and he's getting bashed but he's like put it this way because he left restaurants open okay so why would you leave restaurants open but you're gonna ban multi-household gatherings yeah is it data shows that it's Yes, restaurants like pose a houses. risk, but it's actually like 70%, I think he said, of the cases through their contact tracing is coming from multi-household gatherings, not from restaurants, not from going shopping, mm. not from, you know, and obviously bars and restaurants contribute, but not at the rate of the other. We, we, um, we have massive contradictions. I mean, it's one of the things that, that the UK government has not handled well is it, it gets very complicated. It gets very confusing. They'll have a press 
conference, explain this, and then a senior member of the government half an hour later is interviewed talking about something completely different. So they're not very well organised. But, you know, before lockdown, we had this bizarre situation where my kids can go to school and sit next to their friend, but that friend cannot come back to my house and sit and play on the Xbox together. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you, you get these situations where, where and it would, I, I would get fined if he did. If, and also he was allowed to play basketball with him. So they could sit next to each other at a desk. They could then get sweaty and bounce off each other on a basketball court, but they couldn't sit in the same room and play on an Xbox. So, <laughs> so this is one of the issues that a lot of people have is they'll make these statements and then you apply them to your own life and you go, well, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Or it's confusing, which is even worse. It's confusing. What do I do? And we got we got three tiers of of control, and then we have lockdown on top, which they're now going to start calling the fourth tier. So everyone's going on my tier one, on my tier two, and everyone's going, oh, are we tier two? And what does that mean? I haven't got a clue. I don't know what tier two means. Yeah, so I understand phases, but now we're doing tiers. I just showed you guys a picture mm. of what you think your bubble is, but then every person in your family has a, is exposed to different people, and one of those people mm. you're exposed to probably has coronavirus. That's, to illustrate what Jason was just saying. Now, retailers, they're, they've, taken, they've taken Black Friday here and they've turned it more into a season instead of a day. And it's almost like I heard it described as an advent calendar where every day there's a new, you know, there's a, a new deal in the stores and, and they're doing things. They're going to be open, I hope. They're doing things to keep people safe. Target right now has already implemented. It's target.com slash line. And you can go in there and you can put in your zip code and it'll tell you if there's a line and you can reserve a spot. So you don't have to stand out in the cold on Black Friday if you want to go in. It'll tell you this is your time to go into the store. So, I mean, they're really they're really doing, I think, above and beyond to try and keep people safe. But then you get into the stores and it's the people who won't wear their mask or it's down underneath mm. their nose. And, and it, it's tough. It's tough for retailers. We were talking on retail wire yesterday about people, you know, wearing their mask and staying safe. And there's one man on there who runs a grocery store and, you know, there's a lot of people on there. Rich and I work with, with retailers all the time. So our perspective is a little bit different from people who are, who study retailer or who are retailer statisticians. Well, this guy, runs a big grocery store and and his perspective is so different from the rest of ours because he said he said yesterday what you're not taking into account is the fact that me and the people who work for me have to go up to those people and say you need a mask or pull your mask up or you're not safe or you have to leave and it gets ugly Mm. people are i was in a store one day and i was in an aisle and the this woman and her daughter had their masks hanging down here and I needed to go buy them to get some food. And I walked by and I said, could you pull your mask up? They went crazy <laughs> screaming at me. I mean, to the point that I walked down to the end of the aisle and started applauding. And I really wish that I had had a piece of paper that I could have written 10 on it, like the Olympics and, and held it up. <laughs> no, they were losing their minds. They also could have been concealed carry and shot me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's just getting ugly out there. So I applaud Retailers like Target and Walmart and the independents, whomever, are doing whatever they can to keep a visit to a store safe. Yeah. Yeah. And in the meantime, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. 
most people that I've run into, George, in the last 10 days that I've been, you know, walking from store to store on my way to the office or whatever. Yeah. Um, almost everyone has intercepted me. I, I, you know, I tested it. I put my, my mask in my pocket and I walked up to the door and I would see him look at me and go, you know, in a minute I walked through the door, they'd say, I'm sorry, but if you don't have a mask, you can't come Good. in. So there's a lot of discipline coming in, a lot of independent retailers. Hey, sir, how dumb are you that you're doing that? Well, I just wanted to see. No, you follow. just want to you see. Could- yeah. George, George, Anna, we should get off the fence and tell us what you really think of it. Come on. No, I mean, I'm telling <laughs> he, this. He forgot his I mask, but this. for the purpose of this story, well, it's a it's test. Time. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, here's Re- the thing. Research the for thing. her is I feel like this. Research for me is this is what's really happening. Yeah, that's, and you're a guy who's in the in the age bracket that's an issue, who had heart surgery <laughs> very not delicately a year put. ago. And you're walking around going, let's see. <laughs> Stop it. I didn't go in. I just said I was going to be stopped at the threshold. That was important. Yeah, okay. You That's take, what's important. You take way too many risks. So maybe I could maybe I could share a little bit about, you know, being consistent. So in Singapore, I went like in phase two. So it's whether it's a, a bar, a restaurant, or a household, right? It's a maximum of five people, no matter what. Small groups of five. Yeah. Right. So if, if I go five and visit like people at a table or five groups in the joint total, no, five on groups of five people, a group so can't people. be bigger than five. We have six yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no bigger. So even if it's a household, the household can only receive five other people. So okay. it's, it's clear, consistent. And, and a little bit about uh, people telling you to wear your mask. So we have been doing this uh, since March. So as you know, there are a lot of people who are unemployed, right? So uh, what the government did was, uh, you know, offer a job called um, social distancing uh, ambassadors. So you see these people wearing their uniforms with a tank or something. They'll go around all over the place, every nook and corner. And if they observe people who are not wearing masks or not compliant social distancing, they will go forward and tell them nicely. Of course, there has been a lot of different stories of, mm-hmm. you know, arguments, people getting beat up, you know, that kind of a thing where you have to call law enforcement, that kind of thing as well. But that's how uh, it's sort of operated. And... And I also mentioned before, right, uh, after a while, they realized that they need to impose something and it's, it's going to be a monetary fine um, if they catch you, right? But of course, they will tell you nicely first. Yeah, so so that's how, how we wow. do it. So in terms of, yeah, so stores don't have to do it. So it's really like a that's government good. effort yeah. to keep doing that, yeah. That's good that so they do that. So I, I think the... Um... I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but my wife is a, is a producer, a television producer. And the way that they've been able to go back on set for a lot of um, shows is that they have a, a, a COVID compliance officer is what they call them. And it's basically their sole role is to make sure that people are socially distancing. They're wearing their masks when they're not on camera. They're, you know, doing everything that they're supposed to be doing um, to remain compliant for you know social distancing cdc guidelines um, we don't follow the the who here in the united states because you know <laughs> why bother during a pandemic um so yeah so following all those things <laughs> and 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 i mentioned in my latest video right a lot of us are taking to the fmb because once we sit down we start eating or drinking we can take our mask and we can interact freely 
But technically speaking, once you stop eating, you're supposed to put your mask back, right? right? So, so what's the difference? I, I, I heard someone comment on that. So, so the virus will will take a break while people are eating. It goes over <laughs> your head. Yeah. <laughs> if you're sitting in your at your table, it just goes right over. <laughs> yeah. What about people? So illogical, isn't or, it? Or or you know those social distancing circles. If you're standing in one of those, it actually just yes. goes around you. But, yes. One of my what favorites. About... One of my favorites was was there were some uh, cash points. You know, cash dispensers on a wall and. Um, there was these guidance about how you keep two meters apart when you queue, but the two cash points were one meter apart side by side. And someone said, thank God the virus doesn't move sideways. <laughs> Just incredible. Don't yeah. you, doesn't it bother you when you're in a restaurant and you're having dinner and you're with somebody who talks with their mouth full and they're shooting mm. food and COVID? Who are, you, who, who are you going to dinner with, George? <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, I thought she was going to accuse you of that then. I, I did too. I, I, gave, her, <laughs> I gave her the open door, did I? <laughs> I did not go there, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What's next then, Jason? People who do that. Yeah. Okay. So move. So public health, is, this is a good transition, right? Um, Amazon made a major announcement yesterday um, <laughs> that they are jumping into the retail pharmacy business. That's a $300 billion industry. And now Amazon is, is moving and chugging ahead into it. And as we all know, Amazon owns like 90% of online retail sales. So I just want that, to say one thing before you move forward. Mm -hmm. I have been saying for a very long time that Amazon is going for total world domination. They are. Yeah. And here's I'm waiting for the why, auto why, dealership, why the Amazon auto dealership. They? There's no reason why they shouldn't, you know, yeah. and it's it's a, a down to market forces for other people to offer more viable options. I'm sorry, this this is just natural commerce oh. in its purest form. Okay, we so as customers well, like what they do, so we but, buy more from them. But so we have something here in the United States called antitrust laws and, mm. you know, break up monopolies. And I think Amazon has completely violated them personally by, um, the, by this complete world domination. But I... I Anyway, let me tell you what what, what is going to happen with the pharmacy, and then we can debate it because clearly I can't help myself. <laughs> All right. So the service is going to deliver medications to customers' homes in the U.S. Um, Amazon Prime members get free delivery, um, as they do with everything else. Um, and yeah, so this is going to dominate. CVS and Walgreens are the two that they're clearly <clears throat> going after here. Um, not to mention the in-person um, pharmacies that uh, many of us still frequent. Although during the pandemic, I know I have been utilizing Walgreens ship for free service um, for my medication. Plus, you know, who has the time to go anywhere these days? CVS delivers for free here. CVS and Walgreens deliver for free. So anyway, okay. here they come. What, uh, what do you guys think about that? Okay, Just, I want to hear what Ian has to say. But before you well, say, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to say, from my perspective, I want to see a pharmacist. I want to, I want to go to a pharmacy. I don't care if it's CVS, Walgreens, or the local guy down the street. When I'm taking a medication that I'm ingesting into my body, I want to make sure that it is the right thing and that it is pulled by someone whose job it is and not someone who is in, I don't know how they're going to do it. If they're going to have a string of pharmacies, if they're going to have well, 
you know, if they're going to have local farm pharmacies fill the orders for you, I don't know what they're going to do. But if it's like everything else where they got workers pulling the stuff, forget it. I'm going to I'm going to my local pharmacist where I can have a conversation. Hey, I'll I give got you this issue. Help I'll me give out. you some insight into uh, quickly before Ian answers into how they're going to do it. They bought PillPack, um, one of the larger um, online uh, e-commerce uh, prescription. Right. Uh, so, so they bought that. And just like with Whole Foods, how they bought Whole Foods, I think they're just going to try and expand upon what already exists. Um, but how does PillPack Prime, work? It's like a, it's just an online pharmacy. Yeah. Where does what do they have? bunch of pharmacists on staff do they use local pharmacies how's it work do we know uh, that i don't know i don't know enough about pill pack to, to okay. answer that either. question but that's that's how they, they've been doing that for for they've been getting pretty big for the past two years okay. um, prime members also get 80 percent off on generic drugs and 40 percent off on brand drugs um, and guaranteed two-day delivery how do you compete with that and do they uh do they uh, accept insurance uh yeah they do Okay, because that's the driver. Yes. It's, I mean, we, we, we were chatting about this before we went live, didn't we? And and I completely understand George Ann's sort of comments. Um, to me, you know, getting prescriptions and sorting out your health is a face-to-face -face activity. But you go back 20 or 30 years, so was buying baked beans, a TV, clothing and holidays. And all of those are done online now. So, so part of this may be a restriction, uh, you know, a fear of change. Um, part of it may be, I see this as a, a more interpersonal purchase. Now, the interesting thing is you can go to a shop and buy baked beans and a television and a holiday and your clothes, or you can buy it online. So, so it's not like you won't be able to do that. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we're looking at that. And to me, this is one of the last bastions of human to human interaction when you're purchasing something um but but then i've i've often argued very similarly about the finance market you know retail banking loads of people are closing their branches or what they do is they're digitizing their branches which i think is a fundamental mistake because to me the reason i go into a physical bank branch is when the app is not giving me what i need and then i want to talk right. to someone to either fix a problem or get a process done so if anything by all means have fewer and smaller branches but stick humans in there because i want to use it for humans and you may well see pharmacy will go the same way okay, I, I did so the what presentation happens, what happens I, what happens when you want to talk to a pharmacist is it like when i call microsoft and i get somebody who i can't understand well, actually i did some research for this because I, I i presented a, a trends thing to gsk at one of their european conferences about 18 months ago and we were looking into this and, and companies like walgreens are offering this where you can do video conferencing so you can go you can sit at home or you can go into a pharmacy and sit there and have a live zoom call like teledoc with, with, with a doctor yeah with yeah. a teledoctor so yeah. i'm sure there'll be elements here where you will find amazon will be investing in qualified medical staff to do these live video interactions now that's not, that's fine to describe certain symptoms but if you go look at my knee and the doctor normally prods and put you know there are limitations but then there are limitations to every other virtual purchase process for any category in the last 30 years and we as consumers have got over it. The thought of trying to book an appointment with my doctor, aside of COVID, I mean, anytime, it's a pain in the backside to have to go there and you sit in the room, you wait, and in the UK, you have a six minute slot and then you're out because they've got to get through 10 appointments at a time. So it's a very impersonal quick service anyway. And it's, it, it's, there are so many frictions to that process. 
I must admit, the thought of being able to do this virtually with a couple of clicks appeals massively if they can overcome my concerns about correct diagnosis. I feel reassured that the decision is right. The logistics, Amazon have already got sorted. You know, they'll get stuff to you quickly. They're the, the world leaders in doing that. So, so I think, I mean, my instinct is I wouldn't want to do that. But I also knew I felt like that about buying clothes. And now I buy most of my clothes online. So even being a physical retail advocate, I still buy a lot of my clothes online because it's easy. Yeah, I don't. And this is the, no. but, but this is but this is where I'm, what Amazon do is they they major in convenience and availability, and that they're now looking at this massive market and they're going, we can do the same here. Now, not yeah. everyone will buy into it, particularly people who are, you know, I, I'm closer to your age, Georgian, than than Jason's. You know, I I understand. I remember the world of analog, you know, in a way that yeah. maybe some of the others don't. So so you know, I, I'm still a great believer in that. But I'm also a great advocate for convenience and availability as well. This is God is scared. This is wait a minute. This is God is scared. A lot of retail businesses in that business because prescriptions were precious as gold to those stores because it brings footsteps into the store. It brings footsteps into the store to get inoculated for the flu. They don't have to go to a medical facility. They go and pharmacists would give you the shot. So all of a sudden, from a retailer's perspective, we've just lost our sporting goods department. And, and that's the kind of store that we you know, primarily are, whatever the case might be. So I think that they, they fight like hell to get prescriptions into those stores. I mean, that's what they want to do. So they, this, they got, they this got, is a, a bulldozer coming their way. It is, but you, you've got two options there, that, here though, haven't you? Is, is either you very quickly offer the similar service and convenience so that your existing customers stay with you. The other thing that everyone should do when Amazon casts its, its BDI on your sector is offer something they can't. You know, you can't offer the scale that they do. So don't try and be Amazon, be what they're not. Be right. hands-on, be authentic, be experiential. These are the things that Amazon can't do. It's really interesting. The, I, I hate the age group categories because people shop by mission, not by age. But millennials are the least engaged group with uh, Amazon because they seek experiences. I hate generalizing, you know, a billion people in one go because we're all different, but it is interesting that, that the people that are seeking experiences are not engaging with Amazon because Amazon don't give you experiences. They give you speed well, you know and a good price. Transaction. That's, Transaction. And that's, a, that's an interesting comment because if I just go by my own family focus group, mm. we have about eight millennials in our, in our family and they love Amazon. They go to stores. Oh, interesting. But they also love Amazon. So I looked up Pill Pack. So Amazon now, they have five pharmacies, one in Austin, Texas, Brooklyn, Manchester, New Hampshire, Miami, and Phoenix in the US. And each one of your prescriptions is filled out of an actual pharmacy. Yeah. Then, yeah, but they have Whole Foods where you can buy products off a shelf. You know, Amazon. No, but what, I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, and, it's not, you know, in my, in my vision, my vision buying your prescriptions from Amazon is the giant warehouse. And there's a section mm. where, you know, the, the pills are, the pills are in a certain area and there's, you know, a couple guys back there pulling that, no, they have actual pharmacies. 
Well, they, yeah. they'll, they'll cover all the channels, but there will be a big warehouse once this is up and running. I guarantee there'll be a big warehouse um, because that's how this model works. Amazon is promising that customers who have questions about their medications can reach a pharmacist or pharmacy technician anytime through online self-service or by phone. Um, they also screen for problematic drug interactions for customers who are taking multiple medications at once. Um, they're not going to deliver schedule two control medications like opioids. Um, they'll offer to replace different things, um, or send you to one of their stores if you're near one and they are going to be, this is the most interesting thing. This NBC has a whole write up on this. I, CNBC, um, has a whole write up on it that I, I'm finding really interesting as I'm reading it, as we're talking. And the one thing that's standing out to me, and I'm wondering how this is going to impact other areas like insurance companies to Rich's point, do they accept insurance? Yes, they're going to accept most um, insurance. However, they're going to discount their medication, like I was just saying, for prime members, 80% and 40%. And that's without, from what I understand, don't, this is not gospel, from what I am reading and from what it says, they're going to significantly discount the medication, even if you're not using a prescription. I'm sorry, even if you're not using paying through insurance, private pay, that's going to impact insurance companies well, big, time. big time, big time, big time, big time. There'll be a for there'll, there'll be a fortune of money spent trying to figure out who's going to get the business. Insurance companies not going to give that up. Okay. That's big money. This I is a bit. Amazon rates. shakes things up. That's what they do. Ooh. They really do. <laughs> they shake it up. They push the limits because they can. I, I kind of like it in some ways. And then I'm also very opposed to it because I just, you know, I believe that we should not have monopolies. But when the monopoly is pushing for some good with, you know, so, private pay, that's so, interesting. So it's okay not to support a local retailer when it's to your benefit. It's fun to scream, it's fun to scream, shop local, shop small, right? Yeah, but you've got to understand that you that's I that's understand. free enterprise. That is if you if you appeal if you appeal to people in a way that they like, they're it. gonna use you. I don't you know, like if you don't if you don't like that, but in the long like term, that, then I, either I, find an alternative or go I home. Want my but Georgianne, you gotta think big picture too. I think big picture, this I might actually help the little retailer. I get it. I get if there's it. private pay for insurance. Now people who don't have insurance can come in and buy. I mean, I'm that long term, this could have a big impact because people will still go into a Walgreens, a CVS. You're gonna, you're still to, gonna go in there. To quote my partner, and I've heard this quote for the last eight years: Walmart's mission, complete world domination. domination. <laughs> She's no, Amazon. 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 Amazon is yeah. total world domination. It is. It is. But we know. We know that this is not a surprise, and we know it's what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And that's and why we have. That's why we have chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. We all get a choice. Exactly. And independents need to offer something different, right. and you will. You will get your own money. But you have to. How can you scale up and offer the same delivery services and prices and volume? You can't, so you offer. You, you can't. Else. So don't fight them on that. Find something they can't exactly. do. Be better at that and shout Ooh. loudly about it. So, so you know, what you can, have I, to do. Can, can I just say? Can I just say my piece on this? Because I, I see yes, it quite Jeremy. simply, in a very simple way, right? Uh, it, it can be pharmacy prescriptions, but it's gonna be it's gonna boil down to what's standard and what's not standard, right? It's same as everything else. We buy a lot of standard stuff that from from Amazon, 
right? You know, CD is a CD is a CD, for example, right? This music record. Oh, okay, nobody buys CDs anymore. Buy bad CDs. example. I was going to say, what is that? A, uh, is that like an eight track okay. or? A... <laughs> toilet paper, right? Standard, toilet paper. Toilet paper is standard, right? Four ply, three ply. That's standard. So you will get your standard medicine that you're used to the cheapest way, transactional, right? And right. but but you will but okay because let's not confuse getting your prescription filled up versus consultation. So what you are saying, Georgian, is is consultation. I I want to see speak to a real life person, whether it's virtual, yeah, whether it's virtual or it's a face to face, you know, right. in the in the office. So so that's different. So you only need to see a pharmacist when you need to tweak your dosage or or you want you have a new condition or something like that. So so that is that is a non-standard. So Amazon may not feel that you will still go to your nearest pharmacist or whatever medical place, right? And then you get that checked out. So whatever is standard, Amazon's gonna take it, like it or not, because of price, because it's transactional, because you're comfortable, you know how the pill looks like, how the box looks like, what's the name, it's standard. So you're still gonna go to Amazon because of the price and all that convenience, right? Yeah. Anything that's non-standard, you need consultation. Then that's where yes. you know your neighborhood stores are going to get a business, and you can apply the principle to every category that Amazon works in. Right, you know, if it's easy, yeah. it's like my, you know, my thirteen-year-old son is a Mad King basketball fan, and we were sat there on the Nike website looking at Air Jordans that he thinks I can afford, and um, <laughs> you know, self-lacing ones for three hundred pounds, and he looks at me wait, seriously wait, wait. like I'm going to buy them. When he's self-lighting, because they were inspired by the Back to the Future technology, to the future. it's called Adapt, <laughs> and they sold them. They actually, they look. It's a pressure pad, so it's oh, a pressure okay. pad when you press down, and they tighten until okay. you release. Um, and they were released on the what was it October the twenty sixth, two thousand and fifteen, which, if you know your Back to the Future two movie, was the right. date they went forward, and they had hoverboards and self-lacing Nikes. So Nike designed them, and they were an absolute bargain at six hundred and fifteen pounds. And my son <laughs> and I went, went and tried like on. That. They did, but the technology is now coming down. It's a bargain. It's only three hundred pounds now. Um, and this is a thirteen-year-old who already has in the UK size ten and a half feet, which is. Oh. Size eleven <laughs> in the US, and he's, he's he's his feet are bigger than mine, and he's still four inches shorter than me. He looks like Coco the Clown. But anyway, so, so but the interesting thing is, we we were sat on this website, we were sat on this website, the Nike website, and he was so excited because there are things I might buy him for Christmas. But if I tell him, let's go down to London for the day and go to Nike Town everything stops because the chance to go into a four-story shop full of nike presented in the way nike do it that will completely override sitting in front of a website mm -hmm. so so you know because his thought is it's all there I and mean, i think that's a psychology i've got dad in the shop now he's more likely to get his wallet out yeah, as well yeah, yeah. but that's what but, i was gonna say the chance to get his hands on it all overrides the website so so you know if it is like all right i'll, I'll reorder you some of your basketball socks yeah we'll buy it on the website but the chance to go in there and design his own pair of shoes we'll or try it. something on completely overrides it so so there is that experiential side oh. which fortunately for all of us everyone does love but as, as, as jeremy very accurately said there amazon will quickly hoover up the transactional basic reorder stuff and that's yeah. what they're doing with healthcare yeah. he said something really brilliant there he said that they would go to the nike store because it's all there yeah. you know what for independent retailers like george we we were talking to a quilting retailer that has all the fabric and the classes in there, but she never says anything like that. That might be a, a mantra that should be incorporated in a lot of stores when customers in their marketplace say, you know, I want to do this or that. I've got a lot of options. 
but I wrote down at X, it's all here. We ought to start sharing it with people and saying, there's no reason to do anything but come here. I'm writing an in-depth article on Nike's retail strategy during COVID. And, and I found the, there was a reference that John Donahue, their CEO, made, which was really interesting. And it was like an aside. But he actually said 73% of consumers are more likely to visit a store for shopping whose inventory is available online. So what you've got there is if you can see that everything is available on the website, you're more likely to actually go into the store as well, because that comes down to that availability. So the website needs to show and make available everything. Otherwise, people think it's not in stock and they won't go to the shop because they don't think it'll be in the shop either. So you get that symbiotic relationship. But the website drives the perception that will then drive the footfall into store, which is really interesting. Yeah, just to back to to um, Jeremy's point, because I think you're, you hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, wh- how people will use Amazon's pharmacy. Um, you know, I have a, I have a pre-existing condition, right? <laughs> as we keep calling them. Um, and I have some, a, a lot of medication and I've been on this medication for a while now. Um, you know, it's going to be seven years <laughs> and, um, and I don't need a pharmacist to tell me about them. Every now and then I do, you know, if I'm going to take something new, you know, I want to make sure it's not going to interact and I, I need to find out. But for the most part, I'm, it's just filling medication on a monthly basis, just going on with the, you know, it's just part of life. It's a commodity. And, and yeah, survive. And if Amazon could do a subscribe and save discount on that yeah. medication, it saved me 80% a month. Yeah, I'm You're doing right. it. Despite do it. my feelings of antitrust and all these and all that <laughs> stuff, I was just, all that bullshit I just said, I, I'm going to take advantage of it because you know what? Well, I'm going to save some money. See, that's you are the, the perfect example. That's it's me. Really the perfect example there, Jason, where yeah. the principal's announced your outrage, but you're actually going to be the first in line. <laughs> you're to damn right, it. I'm going to be. And it's not, it's not a criticism <laughs> or ridicule. That's that's human nature. When we're talking it, about COVID and what we it, should do and what Ian, we do, this is exactly the same. Ian, I, I'm the tail end of Gen X. We don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Ian, I love you, man. I love you. <laughs> in, other right. words, in other words, he called you a hooker. But that's okay. Well, like we were talking about yeah, the cruise to nowhere, I, I will take money for. Great. We were we were talking about cruise to nowhere. I will do a lot of things for money. I would never go on a cruise. Oh, for we're money. all cheap whores on this call. Don't worry yeah, about exactly. it. Exactly. By the way, you know, I wanted to tell you, I, and I don't know if you've heard this, that that uh, Costco is now offering a subscription service uh, on private jets, so that you can go in and put down. I think it is. I wrote down. I wrote it down. It was like. $3,500, and then you have the privilege to ride in a private jet. Like a is, that time share, is that like timeshare? Time kind of, but, the, but their membership does not include the fee for the, the flight. You have to pay the fee for the flight as well. But oh. you, you can, but you can join, join the club. Well, where are you yeah. going? You know, where are you, know you going? I don't do Buddy Holly planes either. No, no, it's be one of those Holly, flights. To, it'd be one of those flights to nowhere, wouldn't it, at the moment? Yeah, I think. You know, let's go. Where are we going? I don't know. You know, yeah, in circles. That's a smart model. Um, I I am a football fan. Uh, we we call football football here. Not yeah, uh, to, we invented know, we football soccer. years ago. You, yeah. you speak a foreign language when it comes yeah. to sports. It doesn't make any sense. We throw the ball, you kick it, and we call it football. Yeah. Um, we don't make any sense. Um, so we'll I'll give it to you. It's it's whatever we call it. Um, Somebody's right here. I don't <laughs> you guys call it yeah. footy, right? 
yeah so anyway i'm i'm a fan and i am a fan of a, a local team that i won't mention because they're terrible and um i i, I have been a season ticket holder well years ago in order to build the new stadium they introduced something called personal seat licensing which means that you get to pay for the right to purchase individual tickets to go see the game in that yeah. seat so you're it's literally it is like, over here you mean yeah. like yeah. season it, tickets no no no, no, no. Well, yeah no, i no. did have see that no so you literally buy the seat. the seat it's like buying a home right you're gonna you're gonna purchase that seat the right to buy that seat and then on top of that you have to purchase season tickets it makes no sense. <laughs> Double whammy. It makes no that. sense. And yet that's how they did it. That's how they paid for the stadium. And now and people it's did it. a in terrible words, investment. In other words, if you're going to go to every game, you buy a season ticket, they just triple it. And said, yeah. okay, now it includes the right to buy it. Now you can buy it. Exactly. Yes. yes. And you have okay, to well, sell buy- that personal seat license. So your your season tickets may be up for the year. If you're not going to purchase the season tickets for next year, you now have to sell that personal seat license along with the season tickets. It makes when no you sense. get a, when you, see, when you so buy a season like, ticket, though, when you buy a season ticket, aren't your seats in the same area? It's the same game? seats, the same, yes, because you've already seat. purchased that location. Okay, so if you, but if you really want to get detailed, you can spend more money and get the exact seat. You got to buy the real estate before you pay for the ticket exactly. to sit in that real estate. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But you see, they get away with it in sports because it's tribal and 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 fans. Yeah, we're going to do it. Stay forever. There is, you know, yeah. any other form of retail would love to have that sort of customer loyalty. Oh, could you imagine? You, you can be dreadful and fail dismally. <laughs> oh, I mean, you don't have promotion and relegation, well, you, you mean, do you? But you mean do. Apple? Yeah. Apple. <laughs> Apple is the closest to it. Yeah. Apple's the closest it's, to it. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, well, you might. I'm, I'm an Android man, so I always poke fun at my family always buying those amazing new Apple phones that are three years out of date compared to everything. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, and, and no chargers. No chargers, man. We're saving the world. No, no built in obsolescence with the battery, uh, 300 quid for the. Uh, for the AirPods because they won't have a connector. They're wonderful. That's telling people you know, what to I do. I have an iPhone because it was cool a long time ago. There are so many <laughs> Android phones that have come out that I really want, but I am. St- Apple has me so into their funnel the eco- ecosystem. You're stuck in the ecosystem. I, I don't want to take the time to learn everything and transfer yeah, they it. They make it too difficult for you to leave. But yeah, I, mean, they I should always just joke that it... from the grave, Steve Jobs is still telling people what they should right. be doing. And that's how it feels. If they can just a, figure it out, where you press a button and integrate everything over into an Android, I'd give it a shot tomorrow. I don't know. I mean, I, I've always, I've, I've never had an iPhone. I've used it drove me crazy. And I used to have an old iPod, one of the original classics. But I used to just stick it in my car and listen to audiobooks, and it finally gave up the ghost. So I've, I got rid of that as well. So I am now Apple free, fortunately. <laughs> I mean, I just find it easy. But then I've got a Huawei phone, and everyone goes, "Oh my God, Ooh. what are you doing? The Chinese will know what you're doing." Same as me. Mark, Mark Zuckerberg knows everything I'm doing on my phone already. So why not send it to the <laughs> Chinese as well? You know, it didn't make any yeah. difference. What difference will it make? No. My, exactly. You know what? I, my, there, there's no privacy. Everybody thinks there might no, be a little bit left, but if you're using a cell phone and the internet, and if you talk to your television to tell it to change a channel because you're too lazy <laughs> to press a button, they know what you're doing. And Alexa, why, who's why do you think the Amazon, me on my kitchen counter is listening to me? Of course it is. Why do you Aren't think the Amazon Alexa? Echo costs $20 instead of $200? Is they want to listen to what you're yeah, doing? And I, I mean, I found that. I, I stood in a shop doing a retail safari talking about a bit of furniture to a colleague. My phone was in my pocket. 
I wasn't using it. It was in my pocket. And I suddenly started getting adverts for that yeah. very sofa. Yeah. And that freaked yeah. me out. Yeah. So now I keep having conversations about free Ferraris and free holidays. And funny <laughs> enough, the system no, doesn't work when you do that. No one-sided. Let me know no, how that works. Because if you would have said it did, I would have been on it, baby. Would have been there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, but Why? every every app they they have uh, you know all the small print that you ignore and just accept. Most of them have got things about selling voice data, and they will pick up keywords and they'll oh. sell it. My uh, my uh, little machine back there, who's listening to me, it, it has lately just been saying stuff out of the blue, mm. saying stuff. But then she's also started saying, George Ann. You haven't ordered X on Amazon for a while. Would you like me to place an order? No, I want Our you to go alone. Or, or, you know, recommending things and, and stop. I don't want that. I just want you to tell me what time it is or what the weather is or play my audio book. I don't want any of that other stuff. So, but they but listen that's to the trade-off. That's the trade-off. The trade-off. Well, so, so in, in reality, not that interesting. Reality, they can listen. You're right there. So yeah, in, in reality, you used to you used to think that you have voices in your head, but now you literally have voices <laughs> in your room. Yeah, <laughs> and you, pay, you paid them to put them there as well. Precisely. Now. The, crazy thing. the yeah. ironic thing, though, is like the feedback to uh, we have the apps now for contact tracing right in your phone. And there was such pushback here in New Jersey on the New Jersey governor because he's been pushing, you know, for everyone to download it. I downloaded it. a lot of people it? I know downloaded it. And it's great because, you know, it it pings you if someone was near you it helps to you know this is all data they need and it's like the one time they're going to use all, all this information for good and we're all like ah my privacy it's like what yeah. Ian said if you're on facebook they that have that state? information who cares like is what that are you state? doing that's so uh yeah it is by state i kind of want yeah. that we had a scare we had a covid scare in my bubble which is my immediate family a week ago my son-in-law had gone to wisconsin and um you know masks social distancing the whole thing and and one of the places he went there was a man there who had covid and didn't tell anybody mm -hmm. and it came out kind of surreptitiously when my daughter's friend whose husband had been with tim pushed these people because the the person was supposed to have surgery and didn't have it and they said yeah well he's got covid come on now you've exposed my daughter's family and my family and my son's family. Oh, it's exponential, isn't it? And it's Rich and Diana group. and, you know, every person that I've been in contact with is a potential. Fortunately, he, my son-in-law, you know, came back negative. But I got to tell you what, there were three days of panic. Mm. What I if? Can imagine. I can imagine. It, it is really worrying. Well, we have a new grandbaby who's only five months old. And, and the horror of all of this is that Jason, I'm sure you can feel the same way. If, if that baby gets COVID, they are putting him in a hospital and his parents cannot see him. Mm. Can you imagine how terrified that kid would be? Yeah. So I, you know, I maybe I'm going to download that app, Jason. Oh, I don't, <laughs> it's a good I don't one. I mean, why I, people I, wouldn't. It's, it's I, I 9 million UK people. In run, sorry. Ours in the UK is actually run by the National Health Service. So it's branded as the government health body. So that helps with the buy-in because, yeah. you know, for better or worse, it's official, authoritative, and you sort yeah. of trust the NHS. It, it, it is here too. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's, so it's national, it's not by, by state. 
This is I, this is by this one is by state. You know, they're all by state here, but it's still official. Yeah. Um, and out of nine million people in the state of New Jersey, yeah, uh, only three hundred thousand people have downloaded it because it tells mm. you the current downloads. It's terrible. And about and they have a check in. You're supposed to check in every day. How are your symptoms? Only about twenty five thousand people do it. Nine million people. Twenty five thousand people. Wow. So, it's Jeremy, ridiculous. you wanted to talk about. If retailers are finally going to integrate digital into physical retail, do you think it's happening? Oh, I was just having this conversation because, right, um, one of the very old uh, retailers just folded. Um, it's big news here. Um, local retailer um, used to be very well loved and uh, they folded. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I think it's back to the same principle, right? I mean, even pre-pandemic, we were always talking about uh physical versus online and online is transactional like we established with amazon physical right. has to be a relationship so i think that's really the the big difference and um it, we, we all know now with the pandemic it has to be both but just that they have to perform very different functions so if you try to establish a relationship uh through online i don't think that's going to work and at the same time you know, if you're going to go on price uh, on, on physical stores, maybe that will work, but people are just going to be, you can't be the cheapest if you just have a store, right? So right. online is going to be the way you're going to uh, beat, the, beat the price game. So is it going to be integrated properly? Uh, if you look at China, it's, it's already there since I don't know how long, right? So yeah, definitely, definitely. So here, let me know if this is happening in, in Singapore and, and in the UK. Mm. Here... Um, retailers are killing it on Facebook Live. So, and, and even retailers who have never really sold online before, who have had to go to Shopify or Bing Commerce or Comments Sold, one of those companies, they're building up their websites. I mean, obviously the, the big box stores are doing it, the Targets and the Walmart. I don't know if they're, if they're doing Facebook Lives, but the smaller chains and the independent retailers here are just yeah. going crazy selling on yeah. social media so 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 we all know that china is really the forerunner in terms of live sales or live streaming sales because it has that whole social influence thing it has that whole credibility that these people are ordinary people just trying to make a living very authentic and all that good thing good stuff going on so um i think really china is ahead of this game by a large mile and even places like Singapore, which is still Asia, uh, I think it only started uh, with this whole pandemic thing. Things started to pick up in terms of um, live stream sales and all that. But if you look at it, uh, what it does uh, in terms of live stream sales, it really levels the playing field because um, suddenly, you know, you, you have mass, uh, you have access to everyone because everyone's stuck at home. And I think it's just still going to continue because uh, of the value of entertainment because of, uh, yeah, maybe there's pricing involved, maybe there's convenience. Because I can tell you, even before pre-pandemic, my wife was really on this live sales thing and she saw live sales that were from the US. I can't remember the name of the um, apparels, uh, but it was like a, a multi-level marketing thing. People are selling out their homes. So my wife was already on it you know, way before all these things, be it from US. But it only started picking up for Singapore uh, with this whole pandemic thing. But in China, it's just been there for like forever. Forever. So many stories there. Yeah. Forever. Like, and yeah. It's and, like and, everybody you know can be everybody can be QVC now. Precisely. Yes. And we've seen it. Sorry, I mean, I've, right. I've seen a few stores in the UK and what they they were doing in the store 
the store staff were literally walking people around with a camera, which was the first That's thing. That's it. And it was in China. Like you say, it's very advanced. And we're seeing a yeah. lot of brands, particularly some of the luxury brands, are creating virtual stores. So it's an online thing, but you physically walk through what looks like a simulated physical space, which is a nice way of connecting. I think the interesting thing is the more they try and simulate physical retail online at the moment is mm. how viable is that when the stores do open again? It will be really interesting to see if people like the virtual physical store or want to go back to the physical one you know because because people are trying to compensate for a lack of physical store by trying to humanize or physicalize their digital offering now is that temporary or is that the way that online will go where it will well, physically look more like the physical space again that would be interesting. here we're seeing yeah. it transition when the stores open, the people come into stores. But I want to I want to go back to what you were talking about there and kind of change the subject for a minute. So we've been doing Rich and I've been doing a lot of virtual presentations at virtual trade shows, and a lot of the the comments from people who have attended and from vendors, they're saying that you know what I'm not I'm not necessarily seeing a lot of people come to my booth at the virtual trade show to see my merchandise. They're going to the classes and they're, they're going to the demonstrations, that type of stuff, but getting people to actually go into the, into the trade show. One of them that we worked required the vendor, the exhibitor to set up a virtual trade show. I mean, a virtual showroom. So that when I my, was my appointment time and I visited that exhibitor, he wasn't showing me packages or or taking me through his website, it was like being in a booth and they would walk the retailer from item to item, yeah. showing the merchandise, showing displays. And I, I think that's so important for retail yeah. and for shows. Have you guys attended any virtual trade? No, trade I haven't. I've, I've seen them existing, but I think the more you simulate the natural environment, the easier, right. particularly for something like a trade show where this is new. You know, right. you, you, you're used to going to a website historically yeah. and you know it's different to a physical shop. But trade shows, this is yeah. new territory and trade shows are I mean, we call it in the UK face to face marketing, you know, and it is it's one of those few things apart from a sales pitch where you're in front of the customer right. explaining and, 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 and having some control on the process because they're coming to you you know, and you're setting this stall up. And, and so I think that that's a behavioral thing where people aren't used to, if I would hate to go to a virtual trade show and have a guy do a QVC type thing, because I'm like, the advantage of your trade stand is I am still in control, like your shot, I can go where right. I want, when I want and look at what I want. I don't want to be managed through my browsing and purchase decisions, because you might be trying to push the stuff I'm not interested in. You might not show me the stuff that I actually want and yeah. I'm not in control. I think that would be my initial reaction. That makes sense. We did, we actually participated in one of them and it was kind of strange. We had a booth and we had the booth. This one did not afford you the opportunity to, you know, set anything up. So people would see our booth front and they'd see Rich and I standing behind the a counter <laughs> Mm. and then all the different things that we have to offer and then when we met with them it was a zoom call mm. but i think you're i think you're right i don't want if i want to watch a presentation on your product i'll go to your youtube channel mm. but i want yeah. to be more in control you know yeah. uh, there, there there was a uh, i talked to a guy that went to a show and i can't remember it was a virtual show anyway what he said was when he got in there george they had a uh, presentation from somebody 
about the state of the industry, their industry. And then it listed all the, the vendors that were there. They had preloaded uh, the packages and gotten them out to the stores. You could pick and choose who you wanted to see. Now, new vendors had big ads, so they tried to get you to come to their booth on the show. And then old vendors that you always do business with, you could click and you got an appointment immediately the, the minute you clicked it. So you could click Great. and say, Ian, I want to see you at three o'clock in the afternoon. Good, I got it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna visit with Ian. Now this guy over here, Jeremy's got this new product that he that, that I saw on the, the Facebook video that they sent out. Jeremy, I'm gonna wanna see that. And and then I get a time. So it was like that. But here's the point. He said it really got messy because everybody was making appointments and it was really getting difficult. You know, you well, don't get to, no now you don't get to walk lots. around and somebody pick you up when you go by that booth. The vendors did not like it much. Well, that's the only way to do it, though. I mean, you um, have to mm. slot appointments because you, you don't um, want to be I don't want to be in a booth talking to Ian about something. Have Jeremy walk in. You know, and, oh, and want to oh, take or or be talking to Ian, who's never done business with you, and have Jeremy not be able to get a, an appointment, but he's right. a million dollar customer. I mean, oh, that I can't have. Right? All right, yeah. million dollar customer. Here's the million dollar question: How are you going to do your How are you going to do your Christmas shopping this year? <laughs> online. I don't borrow anybody. Typically online. Or he did most of it. It was online. Pretty much. I mean, we we have Black, Black Friday's a yeah. week on Friday, isn't it? So yeah, I'm I'm waiting for that to see the deals. All right. So how, so do you actually sit at your computer and, and go to the store and and go through go to the website and go through all of the Black Friday well, deals? My family my family are very boring in that we always create Christmas lists. So it, it's really weird. Our whole family we joke about that we're conditioned. If we don't get a list, we have no idea. I'd have no idea what to buy my three brothers unless they tell me what they want. And I've been conditioned. What do they want? I have no idea. He's not told me. So I mean, we're all in response to me. So I'm waiting for the lists. And so the great, and what people do now is they'll send, they'll email the list with an Amazon link and you click on it and you buy it. And I sit there, <laughs> we do I sit that there for three hours and I buy everything for my family on Amazon. And yeah. it's a pain in the backside if there isn't a link because you've actually got to go and find it yourself. That is how my family are different, you know, because, you know, a partner, you, I will go out and see more personal, meaningful things. But, you know, my dad loves old vintage cars, so I know he'll send me a link to some website with some obscure tools that will allow him to take the gearbox off his 1928 car, you know. So, but he'll do the work. He will set the links because he knows if he wants this weird thing that even Amazon don't sell, he's got to find the link, otherwise we won't buy it for him. So, so my whole family, it's, it's weird. The pain in the ass is writing your own link, your own, your own links. That's the investment in time is write the links so everyone else knows what to buy you. But do otherwise you... it's click by, click by, click by. Okay. I do some of that, but I also enjoy going into stores. I probably won't be able to do that this year, but so maybe I'll do some with the smaller stores, do some personal shopping on zoom or, you know, I'll peruse yeah. websites, but I know that it used to be a big deal on Thanksgiving here, mm. you'd get the paper and everyone would spread the paper out and they, you know, look at all the deals in one place of the stores that they wanted to go mm -hmm. to. And, and now it's a little bit harder because you have to go to each person's website and now it's not just black Friday. So now you have to go for every, look at every single day. Yeah. So there's, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of interaction with retailers websites. 
See, the weird thing is, I, I want to visit a lot of shops, but that's a professional thing. It's not a personal thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do a global Christmas window audit, and, and it's weird. I've contacted so many people and sent them a template to fill in, and I'm not sure if I myself will actually be allowed to go and visit any shops in the UK. We'll have to wait and see on the 2nd of December. We still, you know, we, we go to a lot of stores, too, in between, Rich and I, together and separately, and because that's part of our deal. As consumer anthropologists, we watch people. Um, mm. It's harder now. We want to do the Christmas window thing for you, Ian, mm, but okay. it's not quite safe to go to Chicago right now. Yeah. It's, well, uh, I, I mean, I, I, it's I keep a very seeing high the, the COVID area and it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not. Well, I, I mean, I want to go down to London, which is 100 miles away, um, yeah. because I keep seeing posts on LinkedIn of certain shops that have got their windows done. And I'm hoping that a lot of retailers are getting their shops ready for the 2nd of December in the hope they will open. So I'm, yeah. my plan is to go next week to see how many have actually done it. So I'm going to do a 200 mile drive to down to London. I'll try and get there ridiculously early in the morning when it's dark because windows look better. Uh, you know, I've normally done my Christmas window orders at seven in the morning in the last couple of years. So um, it'll be a long day, but you know, I would get in and I'll photograph them and wander around and, and then get out as quick as I can. I don't plan to go in any stores, I must admit, because of uh, the concerns we've got and the high infection rates. Right. And this is me who's constantly advocating physical stores on LinkedIn. And it's, it's a bit like Jason, outraged at Amazon and then really yes. excited about buying his cheap meds. And I'm on LinkedIn going, physical's not dead, he's there. And I'm buying everything on Amazon myself. So <laughs> do as I say, not as I'm I do. buy a hazmat suit. <laughs> you know what? We're just being honest. That's why. Because everybody yes. thinks the same thing, but we're the ones who are admitting it. Yes. We're not posting this webinar on LinkedIn, are we? Because I'll get, I'll get hammered for being a hypocrite. <laughs> totally are posting it on LinkedIn. Damn. Kaiser, Kaiser just was the most honest of all of us. He goes, yes. I don't buy Christmas gifts. Yes. Yeah, he oh, also called I, me a whore, so I don't know. Andy takes his mask <laughs> off, which is a, his avatar. You're just a pariah, Rich. You really are. I don't know why we talk to you, to be honest. <laughs> you know, Rich just hands a list to Diana, and she takes care of it all. <laughs> it's, it's quite the same for me. My wife takes care of it. I'm like the, you know, bar humbug miser. I, I don't do You're the same way? So no, my, my wife does Christmas. I'm not that, no traditional so to speak I, christmas have never been big for me and my my family so my wife's catholic so it's more for her and and uh, for us it's business as usual we can go to physical store we can do online it's so it's back to the same thing right singapore really is back to normal just that people wear masks that's about it and there's a yeah. uh, store limits occupancy limits but apart from that everything feels like it's the same even yeah, uh, I, I started going back I started going back to the office uh, this week because uh, the office has renovated with all this hot desk, hot desking, lesser people in the in the office, staggered timing, What's whatever. What's a hot desk? Hot, you oh, don't so, own your own space. First yeah, in, first correct. to sit down. Oh, correct, correct, correct. It's very, so, very so, convenient for businesses and absolutely horrible for human integration. There's no, there's no, it. there's no, no, there's no engagement. There's no employee engagement because what happened was that you know with this COVID thing, they said they want to do like a future of work. You know, so they categorize everyone into three groups, right? Whether you need a desk because you you are you need to be physically there to do processing, whatever. Whether you are somewhere in the middle, or whether you can absolutely work from home. So for me, I'm really belong to the absolutely can work from home, but because I prefer to be somewhere in the middle because I can't decide, gives me the flexibility. So I ask for a desk. But for most of the people, like for example, sales, they will no longer have a desk. So now the office has lesser sitting places. Most people are supposed to work from home if they can. And if you want to go in, you don't have a dedicated spot. You have to book a, a table mm -hmm. 
and then you have a, a pigeonhole where you can go there and you dump your bag for the day, you work and then you get out from there, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very purpose-driven workspace. Not like you have to be there from 8.30 to 6 to 5.30 every day in the past. So that's 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 hot desking for you. But, but, but hot desking has been around for a while, hasn't it? I mean, my, my last yes. company, they, they yes. hot desk. Yes. There, there was, like you say, certain people have permanent spaces because they're always Correct. there. But probably 60% of the space is hot desking. And it's quite clever yeah. psychology. You, you get there early to make sure you get hot desk. So they get a bit, another half an hour out of you. But 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 also, if you, well, if you look at it as a... sanitizer. Yeah, but if you, if you go, <laughs> right, we've got a 1,000 employees, but at any one point, 40% of them will be out there. Then you have 600 desks. Yeah, so it's quite right. clever because you, you don't have a desk for everyone because not everyone's there. So you have a smaller office correct. and it saves money. Uh, correct. Well. We, uh, Rich and I made the horrible decision this week to close our office after 30 years oh. and take our business home. It's yeah. just, there's this doesn't no, make sense. It makes yeah, sense. No yeah, it, it makes sense not to spend that money anymore. Are we, more, are, are we more productive by working out of our houses, do you think? You save well, a commute. I'm, I'm more yes, productive. Absolutely. It's I'm the interaction between you, though. It's the so it's the human interaction that's exactly. the critical thing. Do you get more out of saving money, or do you get more out of being face to face? I mean, you know, I worked from home in my well, last company, but I would go to the office once a week for that interaction with colleagues. Well, I think you're the same, Jeremy, aren't you? We will still that's meet. Exact, yep, that's exactly. We will still what meet at places to work together, or we'll go to each other's homes. Each one of yeah. us has a you know has a home office, but it just didn't make sense to spend you know, thousands mm. of dollars when everything is up in the air yeah. every month. Oh, that's fair. That's you know, fair. It, it doesn't make sense. Uh, but I got to tell you what, it's killing us. Really? Mm. But we also haven't been, because of COVID, and we, we have different, you know, bubbles or different ways of looking at virus. We have not met in our office probably since April. Mm. Um. I've been there. I, I've spent a lot of time. He's there every day. Yeah. I will go there when he's not there. <laughs> well, we have two. There's a compliment have... in there somewhere, Rich. Okay, so no. No, uh, there's so not. Our, let me tell you about our. We've had we've had three different off. We've had four different offices. So the one that we've been in now since 2014 is a farmhouse that was built. It's on Main Street in St. Charles, Illinois. It was built in 18. 48 something like that and it's it's beautiful it's got these you know intricate details and it, we have ghosts um stairways that go up it's, spirals it's, it's a phenomenal place i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna miss our ghosts but they need to stay there um but our our main offices we have a, a big room with a it's a conference room and then we have a second room that's probably i don't know 600 square feet but both of our desks are in there it's just too close you know what i mean it's not mm. it's and and there's the there's the tendency to always want to get up and sit down and talk to each other and mm. so yeah it I just mean, didn't make sense anymore you see you see we, we talk a lot about online offline right let, let me just put it this way let's not deny the fact that our dna as human beings is face-to-face -face interaction i Absolutely. give you an example right i give an example you tell me right at least for me I know that someday if this whole pandemic thing is over and there's a chance, I will want to go and meet you guys in person, even though yeah. I've only done this online with you guys. Someday yeah, you're in Singapore, We got a you're... guest room for you. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to come and meet me in Singapore if you're here, right? So that's, yeah. that's human. That's yes. human, right? Be it pharmacy, be it shopping, whatever. We, mm -hmm. we crave that. 
Despite right. we can do this, right? But we, we crave yeah. meeting face-to-face, -face, right? So that's that's the basis of it all. It's never going to change. That, that's why physical like retail that. will always survive in some form exactly. or other. Redeem yourself, exactly. dude. Say that louder. Yeah, I think <laughs> go, that's a I think that's shopping. a good a good way <laughs> to shopping is a social activity. I think Absolutely. that's a good way to like kind of sum all this up and wrap it up. Is you know this is this is uh, retail is not is not dead. It's just taking a it's it's slowing down and taking a pause and changing it's and morphing and itself. reinventing. But it's, it's not going to go away anytime soon. And it's going to come back stronger no than ever. Absolutely. You know, I gotta right. say Let's something. Look at China. I, I, I gotta say something. I like you guys more and more each time we do this, and and I don't mean like like you know you know I love you, man. What I'm saying is, I kind, I kind of love no, no, I know that, but what I'm going to say is, is stretch my mind. You actually stretch my mind, and I don't know if I could even define what that means, except that you make me look in ways I've never looked at issues in, in the business. And, I, and I'm thanking you for that because I'm, but, I'm, I'm sitting that, here just enjoying the hell out of this. These but it works, it works always, and you know, you, you you stick five of us in the room talking about something we all have an opinion on. There are five perspectives, so yeah, that's that doesn't surprise yeah. me because we suddenly see things not only just the geographical differences, but we all look at it from a slightly different way. So we will talk about the same thing yeah. in different ways as well. That's, that's, what I love about that's it. why that's why I'm not falling asleep yet, right? Surprised <laughs> yeah. and not. Okay, so. I I was just thinking about that. What I time is it in Singapore right now? Well, what? Coming to one o'clock, 1 p.m. One o'clock. Well, All right, Jason, bring yeah. us home. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Ian and Jeremy, and Jeremy for staying up until 1 a.m. That's my pleasure. ridiculous. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. And, uh, and thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoyed. Um, the past hour and a half of content that you just got for free. We were kind of having a conversation about that before, <laughs> but um, it's, it's always a, a blast having Ian and Jeremy on. And, and this was a great conversation. So um, look for this everywhere that podcasts are available. We are, um, you can find more on uh, Georgian and Rich at kaiserandbender.com or retailadventuresblog.com. And we will catch you next time. Thanks so much. Bye.